Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you at our temporary one-week location of our Canton campus of Mount Perry North. I'm glad you made it out here this morning. For those that I've not had the opportunity of meeting, my name is Mark Walker. I'm the senior pastor of Mount Perry North Marietta and Canton campus, and we are glad that you are here. And we also thank Hickory Flat Elementary School for opening this up and making it available to us. Let's hear it for them. Maybe though, maybe there's nobody here from Hickory Flat, but let's be sure and let them know. We appreciate them opening us up to us so we could meet here today. Also, man, our, our serving teams that, that serve every week to help get the Sequoia campus up to speed so we could have church on every Sunday. Man, they came together. I think we had about 30 strong, something like out here, really turning this thing around. And man, we really appreciate you guys. And if you, if you attend our Canton campus on some type of a regular basis and you're not part of one of our serving teams, number one, we encourage you really to take a look at becoming a part of some of one of our serving teams. Also, if you're not, be sure and let those folks know how much you appreciate them because they had to turn this thing around. These chairs you're sitting in, they had to set all those up. This does not happen by accident. All that takes place is because of the great effort of these folks. Let's hear it for those, those men and women and boys and girls that come out here six o'clock in the morning on to get this set up. And for folks like me that just show up and enjoy church, thank you for making that happen for us. I'm here simply to talk to you this morning about prayer. I'm going to conclude the the little two-part series that we began last week. Pastor Jeremy began it talking about prayer. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6. So if you happen to have brought a Bible, you're more than welcome to turn there. Ephesians is in the New Testament. It's between uh, the book of Galatians and the book of Philippians. And we're just going to talk look at three verses this morning. And just just really talk about the fundamentals of what prayer is all about. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we look to his word right now. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are a good God. You're a God who meets us right where we are. Father, we thank you for the ability to pray, the ability to be able to talk to you and come to you. God, we know that sometimes that's a difficult thing for us. It's a challenge at times. And help us now, Father, help us now to, to really be able to recognize and understand what you're saying to us today about prayer. For your praise and glory now in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I heard this to be a true story. That a, a pastor had a kitten. And this kitten crawled up into the top of a tree and was too scared to come back down. And so the, the pastor tried to coax the kitten down with food and with milk, but the, but the kitten wouldn't budge. And the tree wasn't a huge tree. It was probably, oh, seven, eight feet tall. So the pastor couldn't reach up on his flat feet to reach the cat. Plus, the tree was too flimsy. It wasn't a very sturdy tree for him to be able to get a ladder or to climb the tree himself. So he's trying to figure out, how am I going to get this cat down? So he thought, if I can bend the tree somehow, if I can bend it down... To where I get the top of that tree low enough to the ground, I can then reach up and take the cat. So he took one end of a rope and tied it up as high as he could in the tree. Then he took the other end and tied it to the bumper of his car. And as he began to inch forward with his car and pull that tree down, he got it down to just about where he thought he could get that cat and the rope broke. And that tree flung forward like a catapult and launched that cat way up into the sky and it disappeared. The, the, the pastor couldn't figure out where it went. And so he went throughout the neighborhood for hours, feeling terrible and desperate, trying to find that cat, but nobody had seen the cat. So he just basically said, Lord, I put this cat into your care and keeping. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what's happened to the cat. 
About two or three days later, he ran into a woman in the grocery store that was a part of his church. And they're just standing there talking with one another. And he noticed in her shopping cart a case of cat food. And it was odd to him because he knew this lady hated cats. She was very outspoken about her dislike for cats. So he just said, look, I'm sorry to be nosy, but I noticed this cat food in your in your cart. But you don't like cats, do you? And she said, no, I can't stand cats. She said, but pastor, you're not going to believe this. My daughter has been bugging me for a cat forever, and I've been refusing her. Two or three days ago, she came to me begging for a cat. And I finally said, look, if God gives you a cat, you can keep it. She said, as God is my witness, pastor, I watched my little girl walk out into our backyard, get on her knees and pray, God, give me a cat. And she said, pastor, I saw it. A cat dropped out of the sky on all fours right in front of my daughter. God gave us a cat. True story. Now that's the way some of us, or maybe most of us, sort of envision prayer, a view prayer, that it's launching some prayers up into the sky and God dropping us some stuff down out of heaven. And I, I guess in some way that you could say that might be what prayer is, but prayer is something much more and deeper and vital and valid than that. And prayer is this thing that is a very elusive, mysterious, uh, fulfilling, frustrating, challenging venture in our lives. Because I believe for the most part, uh, for people that, that really walk with the Lord, that we, we want to be able to pray, but it, it's a challenge for us at times. And so this morning, I just want to focus in on just some of the fundamentals of prayer. And I think prayer is something it is constantly developing in our lives. I don't think we ever come to a place where well, I got this prayer thing down. I think it's an ongoing developing thing for all of us in our lives. And we're going to look at this thing of prayer from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. We're just going to look at these three verses that the Apostle Paul writes in the end of his letter. And he simply says this. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known this mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador for, in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So in these words that Paul closes out this letter in Ephesians with, we're going to look at just some fundamentals of prayer. The first fundamental of prayer that I want us to look at is this, that God is our audience. God is our audience. Look what he says in verse 18. He says, and pray in the Spirit. The one we're praying to is, is God. Now, this phrase, in the Spirit, for churches like us that believe the gifts of the Spirit are very much in operation today, that phrase, in the Spirit, can give us several different connotations. Oftentimes, when we hear this phrase, in the Spirit, we think of this idea of what we call praying in tongues or a prayer language. One of the gifts of the Spirit is called speaking in tongues. And I'm not going to get into what all that gift is about. But an aspect of that gift is what we often refer to as a prayer language. We're, in, we're praying to God and the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us. In a language we have never studied or don't know, it's sort of a supernatural thing he does through us. And it's just a special connection we're having with God, spirit to spirit. 
And when we hear that phrase in the spirit, that's often what we think of. And and that is a part of in the spirit. But when Paul is saying here and pray in the spirit, he he's not just limiting this or even maybe even referring to this idea of praying in tongues. He's got much broader perspective. It is the idea that all of prayer is about us connecting to God. It's our spirit communing with him, the Holy Spirit and him, the Holy Spirit communing with us. It is us and God. And we're not trying to pray to him to impress him. None of us can impress God. Praying to God isn't about trying to impress God. And it's simply about talking to him. You know, it's interesting. I heard the story of a little girl who was praying her bedtime prayers. And uh, she was thanking God for her mommy and daddy and for her goldfish and her dog and all these other things and asking God to bless them. And then in a very loud voice, I mean... As loud as she could. And God, I pray I get a bicycle for my birthday next week. Amen. And her mother said, sweetheart, that that was a beautiful prayer. But you don't you don't have to scream at God. He can hear you. She said, oh, I know, mommy, but grandma's in the next room and she doesn't hear so well. (laughs) Prayer is about. Us. With God. God with us. You know, Jesus Christ made it very simple. His followers asked him, hey, teach us to pray. Show us how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he launches into what we often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And this is the opening line of that prayer. He says, this is how you pray, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Simply go to God. Talk to him. Our audience is God. Our approach in prayer is relationship. Relationship is our approach. Paul goes on in verse 18 and he says this. He says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. You know what I hear him saying there? Anytime, anywhere, for any reason, I can pray. And the whole point of prayer is not to be religious. Prayer isn't something religious. It is something relational. I go to God to be in relationship with him. And so oftentimes I know with myself, I'm I'm trying to to make it some type of religion if I can can just get in the right prayer posture, if I can just say the right words. And it's interesting, and I find this with myself, when I start praying to God, I start praying in an accent. I try to take on this English accent when I say, anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, what in the world? Like, like King James Version is what God really listens to or something. And, and, and I try to just find the right way to do it that, that God's going to hear me. And oftentimes we feel like God's keeping score. Like he's up there going, well, you know, it's been three days since you prayed. I'm not sure if I'm going to listen to you. He's up there going, you know, no, you're praying too loud. You're praying too soft. You need to kneel. You need to stand. And all this time we feel like God's just sort of looking at us and, 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 and judging us. It's sort of like this guy felt maybe. You see him praying and the priest is over him and he says, oh, I see the problem. You're allowing the right elbow to drop. That, that's just like if, if you know, it's, it's like. If, you've, if you're like me, sometimes I'm in a time of prayer and I feel like God is really there and I feel his presence. And man, it's just I just feel like we're really connecting and 
throughout the day, I may see evidence of answered prayer and it's just great. So the next time I pray, guess what? I'm going to pray at the same time. I'm going to wear the same thing. I'm going to have the same lighting. I'm going to try to get in the same position so that because I feel like I finally pushed God's button to get him to move. You know, it's like trying to find that place on a dog that you scratch to get him to kick their leg. We think prayer is like we're trying to find the itch for God. And if we can just find that place, scratch his, scratch that itch, he'll kick his legs and cats will fall down out of heaven finally. Prayer is not about being religious. It's about being relational with God. It's about coming to him as I am. It's being who I am with him. Him being who he is with me. And it's interesting, I think about, when I think about prayer, and man, I really want to get out there to where you are, but I'll be in the dark. And so that's why I'm sort of dancing around. I want to get out there. But, but I think about prayer, I think about the person in my life that I love to be with the most. The person who is my best friend, who I love her presence more than anybody else, and that's my wife. And I think about when she and I get together in, in, in times, sometimes when we're together, man, it's very talkative. She's talkative. I'm talkative. It's a lot of high energy. Man, we're just talking. Sometimes we get together and it's just very quiet. We, we don't say a whole lot. We're just being together. Sometimes she's doing the talking and I'm listening. Sometimes I'm doing the talking and she's listening. Sometimes we're disagreeing with one another. Sometimes we're in debate and discussion about some pretty serious stuff. And that is just the way it is in, in going to God. It, 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 it ebbs and it flows. It's, it's mood to mood when we're talking with God. It doesn't have to be the same way every time. And our approach to God is going to be different. Now, none of us can come to God except through Jesus Christ. For every one of us, the only way we get to God is through Christ. Christ has opened the door by which we can even begin to talk to God. So every one of us, no matter who we are, can only come to God through Jesus Christ. But... In coming through Jesus Christ, our approach to him is going to be very different amongst us because we're different people and different personalities. I think of my own kids, Justin and Ashton. They're three and a half years apart. Justin's older than my daughter. And they're very two different kids. Justin's a very much in-the-box kid, a deep thinker. My daughter Ashton has no box. Thinking is not her, her idea of fun. She just wants to be spontaneous. Two very different kids. And the way they would get in bed with us when they were kids was very different. You know, when you're at that place and you're transitioning your kid from the crib to the bed and they still get up in the middle of the night and want to come and be in bed with you. When Justin did it, he came with his pillow and his pacifier in his mouth. And he would come to one side of the bed or the other. And he would just stand there and his head was just, he was just tall enough to get his head just above the mattress. And he would just stare at you. Pillow and pacifier. Wouldn't say a word. Till you finally sensed there was something looking at you. You would open your eyes and there he would be. And as soon as he saw that you saw him, he put his arms up in the air. That was it. Pick him up and put him in. Not Ashton. She'd come in. She'd get in the bed. And she would be like a bulldozer, man. She would just burrow and plow her way through. You'd be sound asleep. Elbow to the eye. Knee to the chin. I mean, she just was going to burrow her way in. Through. See, look. Prayer is about coming to our Heavenly Father as we are through Christ just to be in relationship with Him. That's it. It isn't religion. It's relational. God 
is our audience. Relationship is our approach. And then Paul says something interesting. And here, to me, is our attitude about prayer. That always aware is our attitude. And I know that may sound a little funky, but let me, let me get into this. Paul goes on. He says, be alert and always. Say always. Keep on praying for all the saints. Now, always keep on praying. Well, he's not suggesting that we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week on our knees, physically in prayer in one location. That, that, that's impossible. This idea of being alert and always is the idea of having this constant awareness of the presence of God with me throughout a given day. That I am that my attitude about prayer is that that God is with me and I want to be consciously aware of his presence with me as I go through the course of my day. That's the attitude. See, prayer is more of an attitude than it is an act. It, it is once I have left church or once I have left the place that I might do some Bible study or private prayer time at my home or wherever, and I've left those private prayer time places, as I go throughout the course of my day, that I am going to be very consciously aware of the presence of God with me. When I'm making that business deal, when I'm doing laundry, when I'm jogging, when I'm whatever I'm doing throughout the day, that I'm very much aware God is with me, and I can engage in conversation with Him about what I I'm involved with and in and in the midst of what I'm involved with that God isn't confined to a church building, nor is he confined just to an altar where I kneel. God is ever with me. And guess what? He very much cares. About what we're involved with in a given day, Paul says, be alert, be aware of the working of God around you. And always be ready to engage. It's almost like an ongoing type of conversation we can have in our heart and our mind with the Lord as we move through a given day. I'm very much aware when I'm at work and I'm away from my wife, I still have in the back of my mind, I still have this, this sense of thinking of her. What is, what is she doing? What is she involved with? It's this awareness of my wife, even though I'm not physically with her. It's the same idea that I... I'm not walking alone in my day. I don't have to wait to get to Canton campus on Sunday to engage God about the situation I'm dealing with. Right in the middle of whatever it is, he is right there and I can talk to him. But Paul takes a little deeper. He says, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. It isn't. It, it, it's, a, it's an awareness just not of me and God, but of others in God. See, prayer is not just something that's an individual sport. It is something that God gives us the ability to do for one another and with one another. See, walking with the Lord and being a part of a church body means I'm a part of a community. I am in community with others who follow Christ. And one of the great ways to build community, one of the great ways to feel like you belong and people really care is when I'm praying for somebody or when I'm praying with somebody or both. Or I know somebody is praying for me. Paul is saying, hey, be aware of the saints, be aware of the needs of others. And guess what? When I go out through the when I go throughout the, uh, the, the, the routine of a given day. 
And if I make myself aware of the presence of God, allow myself to know God is with me, guess what will begin to happen? He'll begin to bring people to my mind that he wants me to pray for. People that I know that are in need, but also he'll bring people to my mind that I, don't, I may not even know there's anything going on with them, but he may lay them on my heart and want me to begin to pray for them, even though I do not know what it is. I tell you what, I, I get people pretty consistently, not every day, but on a consistent basis throughout a given year that will email me, they'll call me, and they'll say, you know what, Pastor, God has just put you on my heart. I don't know why. I want you to know I've been praying for you. I'm just asking, is there anything specific I need to pray about? Let me tell you, nine times out of ten, there is something I'm dealing with that God has asked that person to pray for me about, even though they don't know. Now, sometimes they call and say that, and I have no idea what they're praying about. And I say, I don't know, but evidently there's something going on I'm not sure about. Just keep praying. I tell you what, when that happens, there is nothing that makes me feel more secure and more cared for and have greater belonging that I know God would care about me so much he would bug somebody else to pray for me. The attitude is, man, it isn't just about me, it's about others, and I want to be aware of your presence. You know, my, my dad tells a story about my grandfather, my grandfather Walker, his dad. And my grandfather Walker, my dad's dad, was a minister. He planted, started some 60-plus churches for the Church of God denomination up in the mid-northwest and into the northeast. And he traveled a lot around the world preaching. And before my dad was even born, early 1900s, my grandfather was uh, ministering across the Atlantic somewhere in Europe, and he was on his way back, and it was, he, was, he was coming back by boat. My grandmother, his wife, was in a church service on a Sunday night, and there was about 40 or 50 people in there. And the service was closing, and the pastor was about to pray the benediction, and a woman stood up and said, Pastor, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just feel... That we need to pray for Brother Walker right now. Brother Walker being my grandfather. She said, I, I, I don't know why. I just sense there's something wrong. And I just feel like the Lord would have us to pray. And the pastor said, well, well, well fine, let's do it. And the, and the church, right there together for about 30 minutes, not even know what they were praying about. Just feeling like the Lord was leading them, began to pray. and Just praying, lifting up my grandfather. And then after about 30 minutes, they, they felt a release, if you will, that that the prayer was done and they didn't need to pray anymore, so they stopped and they dismissed. My grandfather arrived back home a couple of days later and got with my grandmother, and she told him the story. She said, Sunday night, Paul, that's my grandfather's name, Paul, she said, Sunday night, we really felt like we needed to pray for you. We prayed for you about 30 minutes on Sunday night. He, he, he stopped her and said, what time was that? And she told him the time. She said, let me tell you, he said, let me tell you what was going on. He said, we were coming across the Atlantic. And about that time, this, this storm out of nowhere blew in and began to buffet that boat. And the captain didn't think he was going to be able to keep that boat together. We thought we were going down at the very time you're telling me you prayed. And then he said, all of a sudden, that storm blew out and it got calm. And he said, the captain told us he had never in his experience seen a storm blow out that quickly. Now, you... You can believe me or not believe me. 
You, you can sit there and say, wow, that's just a little too weird. Hey, if a cat can fall out of a sky, I think God can take care. Oh, oh, I'm, ta- I'm just trying to tell you, this is the God that we have. If we'll simply make ourselves available to him and be aware of his presence because he's put this thing together for us together. We're in this together. The, the audience is God. The approach is just to be in relationship. The attitude is the, this always aware, this ongoing type of sensitivity to him. And then lastly, as we look at these words of Paul, our aim, the aim of prayer is for his will to be done. The aim of prayer is for God's will to be done. Look at verse 19 and 20. That Paul writes here, he says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, (laughs) words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Next verse. Thank you. For which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I'm going to declare it fearlessly as I should. Okay, I want to make this back up to that slide before again for me, guys. Thank you. I want you to get the connection here. He says, pray so also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Next slide. Next verse. For which I'm an ambassador in chains. See, he's in prison. When he writes this epistle, he's in prison. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should the gospel. He's in prison for preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. Paul wrote 13 letters of the 27 books that we have in the New Testament. In essence, he wrote basically half of the New Testament. Most of those letters he wrote, he was in prison when he wrote them. Paul is saying here, he's saying, pray for me that while I'm in this condition that I don't want to be in, I don't want to be in prison, but I see this is where God has me. Pray that I'm in, when I'm in this condition that I don't want to be, that I will fearlessly represent God there. In other words, this is the part of prayer that I think we all struggle with. Prayer is not about trying to get God to do it my way. Prayer is about me embracing the way God wants it done. That doesn't mean I can't talk to him about what I want my way to be. That's one of the beautiful things that we have this relationship. He listens to that. But the bottom line of prayer, the aim of it, the aim of it is I want his will to be done. And I want to embrace that will. I want to joyously embrace what the will of God is. And it may not be what I thought it was going to be. And it may not be what I really wanted and had prayed for. But God doesn't always give us what we want. But I'll tell you this. He'll give us what we need. And that's where the trust has to come in. And the greatest thing we need, ladies and gentlemen, is His will to be done. Because His will is perfect. And His will is good. And His will is eternal. And His will is righteous. And His will is holy. When I go to Him and I'm talking to Him and I'm putting my needs before Him. Man, that's what he wants us to do. But we also have to be open to saying, God, you see it better than I see it. You're my father and I got to trust you. And wherever you have me, whatever you have me walking through that I don't understand and it may not make sense. Lord, help me to be the best representative of you where I am. Your will. 
See, that's, that's the part of prayer. That's the part of prayer that I believe sort of takes us over the hump. That if we can press in to that place of prayer, to embrace His will, I believe that's the thing that really launches us forward. And just to sort of summarize what we've talked about, prayer, our audience is God. Our approach is relationship. Our attitude is always aware. And our aim is His will. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Please. There was a woman that was a part of our church staff at Mount Perrin. And this is before Mount Perrin, before there was a Mount Perrin North. Um, She was a, a part of our administrative staff. Very godly woman. Beautiful woman. I mean... This lady was one of the godliest of women I ever knew. And she got diagnosed with cancer. And for a year, for a year, she, she died of cancer. We prayed for her. We anointed her with oil. We did all the things that we believe Scripture showed us and praying for people that were sick and praying for healing. And, and, and she just gradually got worse. Finally, she couldn't work at all. She ended up a part of hospice care. And I remember getting the word one night that, barring a miracle of God, she was probably going to die within the next 24 hours. And early that next morning, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm an early riser, so that's a normal time that I get up, and that's the normal time that I usually just sort of spend time with the Lord. I don't do it every morning, but most mornings, that's just sort of my time. And as I was in that time, I really felt the Lord moving on me to pray for this woman. Now, as I felt that, I began to pray, and I was praying for her healing. But as I began to do that, I, I, I also began to question God. I began to get into this kind of a disagreement with Him of, Lord, I don't understand Of all the people I know and have ever known that should get a healing, that never should have to die this way of cancer, this woman should. She has served you. She's represented you. She's done everything I know that you've asked her to do. I don't get, I don't get how she could die of cancer. God, I don't. And I was just, I was having this kind of a conversation. And I felt the Lord impress in my heart. When I feel like, when I say, I I heard the Lord say, I'm not talking about audible voice out here. I'm I'm talking about an impression in in my heart. A prompting, if you will. I really felt like he said in my spirit, Mark, if I were to heal her and keep her here, that's not good enough for her. She has served me so well. And she's been through suffering so much. The greatest reward for her is to come home to be with me. Now that really brought peace into my spirit. But you know the next thing the Lord said that really made me mad? He said, I want you to get up. 
I want you to go to the hospital and I want you to tell her husband what I just told you. Huh? Okay. The first part that you just gave me, that's got to be of you. This part about going and telling him, that's got to be something. That can't be you, God. And I, he would not let me get up. He said, you get up and you go down. It's six o'clock in the morning. I don't even know if the husband's there. But I felt so moved. I said, okay. Got up, showered real quick, got on my clothes, drove to the hospital, having no idea whether he was going to be there or not. Walked down the hallway to her hospital room, and or hospice room, I guess it was. Knocked on the door. Oh, door opens, and there he stands. And he said, hey, Pastor Mark. I said, hi. And he, he didn't look surprised. He didn't look shocked at all. He said, are you here to see my wife? I said, well, actually, I'm here to see you. He said, oh, okay. We stepped out into the hall. And I said, look, I, this, this may seem very strange. He said, but I believe the Lord gave me this word for you. And I told him. I said, God healing your wife and leaving her here is not good enough for her. The best reward she could have would be to go home and be with him. So he's going to take her home. Tears formed in his eyes. He said, thank you for being obedient. He said, the reason I'm here this morning is because God woke me up and told me you were coming to give me a word from him. His will be done. Now, he didn't do that because I've got pastor on my name. It's what he does with his kids. He's the audience. It's all about being in relationship. Constantly aware of his presence. That his will might be fearlessly done in and through our lives. I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes if you would. Father, you're good. You're good. We don't always understand how you work. But you've given us this, this thing called prayer by which we can draw close to you, by which we can talk with you, by which we can be ourselves with you and you with us. And even though it doesn't make sense, we can find you and your comfort and we can find your presence and your strength in the midst of even what we don't understand. God, now for the next few moments, we're going to pray for each other. We're going to believe one another Father I pray you help us today just to know you're here in this elementary school gymnasium you're here in this place to speak to our hearts help us now help us now in Jesus name with our heads still bowed and our eyes still closed you would say to me Pastor Mark I'm in need of prayer I, I have needs in my life. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's emotional. Physical need. Relational. I, I want prayer from this body. I want you to invite people to pray for me. 
but I need prayer here this morning. Would you just raise your hand if that? Put it up good and high. Put it up good. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask you to do this. If you just raised your hand, all I want you to do is simply stand up right where you are. Just stand up. You need prayer. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be embarrassed about at all. Man, this is what this is what the body of Christ is all about. This is what coming together as a community is all about. Expressing our need and then responding to that need. If you're seated there and there's someone standing around where you are, you're a follower of Christ, you believe in prayer, you believe God can touch where we are, I want you to stand right where you are and just go to that person, take a hand if you would. Just take a hand to where they are or maybe just place a hand on the shoulder, whatever, whatever best works. No need to force anything on anybody here. But we're a community that are believing together, going to God who's in this place as our audience. His spirit is here and we're going to believe together. Just begin to pray. You don't even have to know what the need is. You may know, you don't have to know. Just begin to pray one for the other right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring these people that stood saying that they need prayer. They're in need. Father, I pray right now as you are our audience in relationship with you, God, we come. We come because you invite us to. We come because you want us to. We come because you're the only place we can turn to. Father, very much aware of your presence with us now. Very much aware of your ability to heal. Your ability to do miracles. Your ability to turn things around. Your ability to comfort. Your ability to strengthen. Your ability to speak the truth of what we need. Father, we ask in Jesus' name, for whatever reasons these people stood, they are feeling your presence and knowing you are with them. Never to leave, never to forsake. That you will see them through. And Father, now give us the trust to embrace your will. Wherever you have us, whatever you have us walking through, wherever you're taking us, we embrace as your will be done. We believe, God, the work and will is done. For your praise, your glory, and your honor, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Him right now. Let's worship Him together. You are my Savior.